You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. John 10 and 10 is one of the most profound sayings of Jesus in Scripture that as faith walkers, we not only need to to grasp, but we need to allow this verse to get embedded in our heart and when enemies come attacking our mind attacking what God has imputed into our being we need to use it as a weapon to defeat those enemies In the verse, Jesus talks about two comings. And that's how I'm going to to deal with the verse. Based upon the the two comings. He first talks about the coming of a thief. A thief. One that comes to take your stuff. That's all that a thief is about. Come, come, come in to get what you have. But Jesus defines this thief not only as one that comes to steal. This thief does not just want to take your stuff. Notice three things this thief does. Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to ruin your life. Not only wants to take your stuff, but wants to end your life. And try to make it his business to send you where he's going. Hell. He comes not before to steal. Take your stuff. Kill. Destroy your physical life. Ruin your life on earth and then destroy you. Cause you to experience eternal death. A threefold, that's what this this thief has. Steal, kill, and destroy. And, And let me just say this to you. You can't take this thief for granted. 
No, hold on. Hold on. Let me give you my reason why. Because this thief has been successful at fulfilling his purpose for centuries. You hear me? For centuries, for thousands of years, this thief has been successful at stealing, killing, and destroying. This thief started with the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. Came in, friendly. Came in acting as if he was a great counselor with wisdom. Came in as if he was omniscient. Said to the first woman, what God told you is not exactly what he said. Said certain words to the woman that convinced her to change her views of God. Said certain things to the woman to cause her to basically change sides. What God told her not to do and to do was his will. But after the thief came to her, she decided to loose the will of God or change her mind and start walking according to what the thief had imputed into her being. What happened? According to Genesis, the third chapter, it can be summed up by what Jesus said the thief comes to do. He stole from Eve, ruined her life. Took everything away from her and her husband that God had given them. That's what the thief did in Genesis chapter 3. That's what the thief did. And that was thousands of years ago. He has not changed his, his objective. He's still doing the same thing. And just like Eve and Adam being children of God, he is specifically after God's folks. I said he is specifically after God's folk that have been given a word. The thief comes not except one purpose, steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, I got your stuff, now I'm going to kill you. I got your stuff, 
Now I'm going to make it my business to make sure you end up in hell. How many are still listening? And again, the same thing he started doing in Genesis, he's doing right now. He is so successful to when you read about the kings of Israel. He basically... did to most of the kings of Israel what Jesus revealed in John 10 and 10. When you consider the children of God that left Egypt heading to the promised land over a million, he basically did the same thing to them. They left Egypt heading to a land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised them. But before they got their possession, the enemy had stole what the word that God had put in their spirit. I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. They didn't see it. They didn't see it. The majority of them didn't see it because he stole it. I've seen folk in church that he stole their healing. Stole their mindset. Stole their deliverance. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. And, and he's so smart that, that when he does it, he'll turn around and try to do what he did with, with Eve. Put the blame on God. Folk will leave God's church. Blaming God for what didn't happen because they failed to understand that it was a thief that did it. Say to somebody, the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. And he, and he will use people, things, and so forth to get to you. He'll use your wife to get to you. Your husband to get to you. Well, Walker, you talked about how he, how he got to Eve. So how in the world did Adam get involved in this? He used his wife. To get at him. That's how he does things. He initiated it by getting to Eve. But then he used Eve. To use his words. To get to her husband. 
You read in Genesis 3, Eve used the same words that the serpent or the thief gave her in order to get to her husband. And when it came to putting the blame on somebody, he used Adam to try to put the blame on God. When God asked him, what happened? That woman you gave me. That woman you gave me. God went to the woman, what happened? That, 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 that serpent. You, you got to understand that, that this thief is intelligent. Don't ever say the devil is nothing. The devil is intelligent. The devil is a success story. He's going to hell. But on earth, he has had success after success at stealing from God's folk. Say to your neighbor, you're probably sitting by somebody. That the devil has got to. Or demons have gotten to. That stole something from them. And they'll turn around and try to and put it on God. Well, I prayed. What that, that mean? God don't answer prayer. He answered prayer. But what happened between the prayer and the reception? Because the one thing that the thief loves to steal is the word. Let's go to Luke 8. Let's go to Luke the 8th chapter. Y'all stay with me. Luke chapter 8. Jesus is explaining a parable about the word of God. Notice Luke, the 8th chapter. I'm going to read verses 11 and 12. Ready? Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. How many are hearers? Let me see your hand. You're a hearer. You hear the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Is that a good thing? Yeah, yeah you hear. Then the devil comes and steals. He uses the word takes away the word out of what? Lest they should and be saved. Take away. Steal. Lest they should believe what has been imputed in them or believe the word that they have received and be what? Saved. Notice what 
Jesus calls the ones wayside. When you are wayside saint, that means it's a path right here, but you're on the side of the path. You done been told what to do, and, and you're not walking in what you have been told to do. You're, you're, you're close to what you need to do. You know what to do. You quote what to do. But you're still on the side. Ask your name, what's keeping you from walking in what God is sending forth? You don't have no problem hearing it, but, but your problem comes from getting on that path and walking therein. Yeah, pastor had a good message. Oh yeah, that, that, that John 10.10, 10, that, that's a powerful verse. Woo! That's a powerful verse. Yeah, you quoting it. You heard good because you can talk about every point that was made, but you're still on the side. Still on the side. Jesus said, those on the wayside, they hear it. They don't have to guess about what the subject was. They heard it. Said amen to it. Shouted hallelujah about it. Turned in victory about it. They heard it. But they're still on the side. Still won't get on the path the way they need to. It's a portrait of not being certain. Not completely convinced about what you heard. It's Bible, but wonder if that's for me. <laughs> It don't seem like just doing what pastor said. And I know it's according to the word, but it just don't seem like it, it's going to change my situation. So you just stay on the side until what you think works manifest. But you're going to hold on to what was said. Just in case what you think going to work doesn't work. The word of God is not a primary to you. It's an alternative. And see, the word of God should never be an alternative to you. 
because of scriptures like Matthew 6 and 33, which tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness represents his word. And all these things shall be added unto you. Basically, once you start putting the word into action, you can expect things to start manifesting. You can expect God to start sending forth his promises, his will to happen in your life. But, but see, that there's a thief that knows you're by the wayside. And, and the thief also recognizes that she got that word in her heart. And I'm going to steal it from her. See, see, when a word, when you hear it and a word manages to get in your heart, this is what it means. It means that it has become a part of your feelings. You're feeling the word. You're not completely certain, but you're filling the word. You got the word on your, on your mind. And it's on your mind to the point to where you might see if it'll work. But you're not completely certain. And if it's in your heart, it is one of your choices. It may not be your primary choice, but it's in your heart. And so you fill in the word. It could be a choice for you. And you're thinking about it. And so the enemy is like, I, I got to get the word out of her. I, I don't want her even thinking about choosing the word. I, I, I got to get it out of her. I, I want to mess her up so in the mind to where she just completely forgets the word and, and she focuses on what I want her to focus on. Remember, he does not just come to steal, but to kill and destroy. And sometimes you can be going through it and, and because you, you can be filling the word on a Tuesday, you'll try, you'll try to use that word on a Tuesday. But in your mind, you chose it only for a certain time limit. And if it does not happen on your timetable, you're going on to something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm believing that God going to heal me today. But if you don't get what you're looking for, you're going to move on. It's in your heart, but you're still not on the path. You're on the wayside. And the devil knows that you have it in your heart. That is one of your choices. So he wants to eliminate it completely. And see, we're quiet right now, but I'm going to tell you something. What I'm describing has happened to me. 
And I believe it's happened to a number of us. The purpose of the message is to cease from allowing this thief, this successful thief, to have a victory over us. We cannot allow this thief to continue to take from us what God blesses us with. If the word didn't work, the thief wouldn't be out to steal it. If the word of healing wasn't going to heal you, the thief wouldn't be trying to take the word of healing from your being. If a word of having or receiving a creative miracle, a miracle that the doctor says could not happen, was not real, the thief would not be trying to take it from you. How many times have you received a word when, when somebody or something tried to make you doubt the word? Whenever that happens, you're dealing with a thief. And you're dealing with a thief that knows how to steal, knows how to use tactics in order to take your healing, take your deliverance, take whatever it is that God gave you to be a blessing to you. Your neighbor. Has he ever took a promise out of your heart that God gave you? And, and see, according to Job, the first two chapters, the devil or, or the thief will, will go to God and say, God, if you just allow this right here to happen, she'll stop believing you. See, he knows God has omniscience and omnipotence, but he tries to make us think he's in control. And so he, he'll try to plant something in your mind or try to make something look a certain way in order to get your Victory. That's what he does. He wants the word that God has given you. He wants your gift that God has given you. I told you, he don't want to just steal. He want to kill and destroy. Yeah, I, I, I done took his mind. Now I want to just take everything that he got. I want to poison him to the point to where he don't think God love him and he don't think nobody else love him. I want to take her self-respect from her to the point to where she just won't leave the church but she'll go back to doing what she used to do and she'll end up seven times worse 
I want to make her so mad at her pastor because of what he teaching and preaching to where she won't even want to be in the same room that he's in. The thief I have you hating folks that you should be loving God. People have you trusting in something you should never trust in. The thief has folks trusting in stuff that, that they know is completely in contrast to the will of God. Because he's successful. It's an idiot that says, come on, devil, give me your bag, your bag shot. You stupid. You ain't nothing. You stupid. He is something. He's been doing it for centuries, and when he comes, he's coming to take whatever you hold as significant in your life. Demons are nothing to play with. That's the reason the Bible tells us give them no place. Why? They're nothing to play with. I used to warn a person, don't be saying that that, that the devil needs to do this, that ain't don't, don't, don't be. Look, you're not experienced enough in God to be challenging the devil. You can't even challenge a minor demon. There were some people that, that, that thought that they could challenge demons just because the apostle Paul was casting out demons. The demons stripped them of their clothes. Embarrassed them. They, they had to run naked because they had been stripped of their clothes. The enemy has been about stealing, killing, and destroying for a long time. Look at what Jesus said. He said, then comes the devil and he takes. He takes away the word from their, from their heart. To take, the root meaning or the primary root meaning of to take is to lift up. Just come in and just lift it up. One meaning of lift up is to make invalid. Take that word completely out and use you with that will leave you powerless Why? he done took what was going to give you power to receive your healing out of your 
your heart. He done took out of your heart what was going to give you power to go from one level to the next level. He just came in and lifted it out and made you invalid of no effect. Took it. Took the one thing Jesus said you need to live by. Remember what he told the devil in Matthew 4 and 4? Man shall not live by bread alone. Something that you need physically. But every word of God. Something that helps you physically, spiritually, and in your soul. See, physical food just helps your body. But God's word helps your body, your spirit, and your soul. His word helps the complete man. His word can heal your body. His word can strengthen your body. His word can strengthen your mind. Conclusion, the word is more essential than anything you can hold, touch, etc. How many are listening? But he takes it. He takes it. He takes it because one of the primary meanings of the devil which in the Greek is diabolos, is that he is a traducer. He is the one that comes to convert or to change a person. Same way Jesus comes to convert us from, from being a sinner to a saint. Satan comes as a traducer to change us from being a believer of God's word to a person that doubts. That's his job. And he does it well. And I ain't bragging on him. I'm just exposing him. You need to understand he does his job well. And just because you have the Holy Spirit does not mean you can cast him out if you don't have the experience and the wisdom to do so. But you need to know how to deal with him. And the first way you deal with him is, is understanding that he's a thief. Who told you to stop doing what God ordained for you to do in his church? And in life, was it God? No. How God going to ordain for you to do something and then you going to cease? It was a thief. Well, I don't really, I've been looking at this tithe thing. I don't believe it. Like, who, who you been? 
Say to your neighbor, the thief plays at all levels. What do you mean? He'll come at you in every aspect of your life. He'll come in a way to where you won't even recognize that it's him. And see, that's the reason in the book of Genesis, he is described as a serpent. But then Jesus described him as a thief. Then on another occasion, Jesus described him as a liar. And then Paul took it further and, and saying that he comes as an angel of light. He comes in all kind of disguises. But he's out to do the very thing that Jesus said he came to do in John 10, 10 to steal, kill, and destroy. Say to your neighbor, you can't let him rob you of your healing. You can't let him rob you of your deliverance. You can't let him rob you of what he has ordained for you to do. Ask somebody for me, when is enough going to be enough? When it comes to this thief. Hadn't he stolen enough from you? And he made you act out of character long enough. Isn't it time for you to get back to doing what God ordained for you to do? To believe in what God ordained for you to believe. We are more than conquerors, but he will have us acting like pushovers. Flunkies. God gives us faith week in and week in, week out. Because the Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But the enemy will make it seem as if we have no faith. Why? He steals, he kills, and he destroys. Talking to somebody that says, well, you know, it seems like it's just getting worse now. I said, you know the enemy would would try to make you focus on what's happening. Even though God done told you we walk by faith and not by sight. I said, that's just one of the tricks of the enemy. You can't focus on what is getting. You got to focus on what God promised. Because I don't care what it looks like, according to 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, the things that we see are just temporary, but the things that we don't see, they are eternal. And if God promised you something, you got to remember 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, all of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. That's the reason, saints, I love you, but I can't tell you when I get to going through certain things. Because some of you, you you automatically hear what I have to say and you are easing into doubt. You are easing into wondering. You are easing into 
that which is in contrast to the will of God. I have battled a whole lot of things, but I won't tell a whole lot of folk simply because I don't have no time for somebody to open up a gap and a thief comes in and steals. How many understanding? That's what he comes to do. And I've seen him do it too many times. We'll say things like it ain't over until God says it's over. But out of our mouth is a contrast. Our actions say there is a contradiction. And all of us have been there. But this message is specifically designed for us to change. You got to know your thief. or You got to know this thief. He ain't your thief, but he just comes to steal. Help me. And he's always involved with getting something that's not his. He'll take it out of their hearts. Less. Still in Luke 8. And now I'm in verse 12. Less they should believe. Believe in what? Remember we started out talking about the parable is the word of what? God. Lest they should believe the word of God. And get this. Be saved. As the Lord is sad because that there have been so many people that didn't receive their deliverance because of a thief. Look, look, look at the power of the thief according to Jesus. He'll take the word out of their heart lest they should what? And be what? Say. This is the devil. Saying you ain't got no power. Uh, shout out, you better hush and read your Bible. <laughs> Getting the word out of your heart and, and convincing you not to believe and be saved, that's some power. You can shout yah yah all, you listening to many TV preachers who say crazy stuff like that. This is power, right? This is Jesus talking. He takes the word, lest they should, and be what? Saved. And again, this doesn't happen to me. I didn't get a healing because he caused me not to believe. You hear me? And when we believe and we're saved, that means we receive deliverance, protection, and prosperity. The Greek word sozo. When God divinely steps in and changes us for the better. 
it's time out for God's people not receiving their salvation. Because of the thief. Lord, I done worked on him long enough. If you ain't got it by now, you don't want it. Can I go to my second coming? Jesus said, I have come. Because I want you to have life. The antithesis of death is life. Jesus is so powerful, even when, even when you're, it's time for your body to go back to the dust, you're still living. I said you're still living. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah, her body went back to the dust, but she's still living. So she living without a body. He gonna give us a glorified body. I came that you might have Zoe, the God kind. Of life, not the life of a sinner, because the wages of sin is death. But my life is a gift. The gift of God is eternal life. James, let me, let me go down. James one. Go with me, y'all. Stay with me. I'm, I'm almost done. Lord have mercy. I know I'm taking taking a little time, but I. I I got to deal with it the way the Holy Spirit is leading me. Y'all all right? James 1. I could quote it, but I want you to see it. James 1 is where we're going. Y'all ready? 17th verse. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from where? From where? And it comes down from who? The Father. The Father of who? The father of lights. The father of the saints. Let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify the father. Look at the gifts that God gives. Every good. When he gives you something, it's going to be a benefit. How does he give you things? Primarily, he'll send it through his word. I'm sending you better. I'm sending you bigger. That's how he gives gifts. Well, remember Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do. Unless he reveals his his secret, his plans, his purpose through his servants, the prophets. I'm sending you better. I'm sending you bigger. Is better good? Of course. Is bigger good? No doubt. 
So if he send the word of better and bigger, who's going to try to get that word out of your heart? The thief. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from Lord, the Father of light. God gives his people what they need and what he desires them to have. Two things, what they need and what he desires them to have. Even your desire is going to be in line with his desire. God has a final say. And so he releases something essential, a good gift. But then he also releases something perfect. Something that's going to complete you. Something that's going to help you Fulfill whatever he has ordained for you to have or to do. How many understand it? That's where they come from. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. And who's going to try to steal it? The thief. I came that you might have life, walk. But Lord, I'm down. I'm going to cause your head to be lifted up. I'm going to raise you like I raise Jesus. I raised him when he was physically dead. But I'm going to raise you because you're spiritually dead. Then sometimes you can be spiritually alive but emotionally you're dead. And so he'll come and give you a resurrection to cause your emotions to get in the place they need to be. He'll give you a financial resurrection. Y'all don't reach our Bible, do you? When you see Job losing what he had in the first two chapters and then you go to the 42nd chapter and it talks about how God restored. What is synonymous with restore? Resurrection. What did he restore? Every possession, every tangible thing that God had. But he not only restored tangible things to Job, he gave him twice as much as he had before. Paul, in hindsight, looked at how God blesses people and this is what Paul said to the church. He will do exceeding abundantly above. Get this. All that you ask or think. You're not only going to get your healing. You're going to get something with it. You're not only going to recover. You're going to do better than you've ever And the only way that promise of that prophetic word will not come to pass is if you allow the thief to come and lift the word out of your heart. 
lest you should believe and be saved. Say to your neighbor, I'm going to be saved. I'm going through something, but I'm coming out of this. I'm interceding for folk in the church and outside of the church that are going through things and I'm just believing they're going to be saved. But the only way it's going to happen is we got to walk in John 10 and 10. The second coming in the verse. You said you came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm going to walk in, Lord. They're going to talk about me for having abundance, but I'm going to stay in your word. They're going to talk about me for having more than enough, but I'm going to stay in your word. They're going to talk about how you're blessing me good measure, press down, shaking together and running over, but I'm going to... Say to somebody, I'm going to stay in his word. I'm going to walk in his coming. If he came that I might have life and have it more abundantly, I'm going to stay on that. Don't wait until, as old folks say, your ship come in. The walk in the promise. Why you broke? Why you don't have a dime to your name? Why your physical situation is out of whack? Why you're going through it in your body? Grab a hope to John. Say to your neighbor, whatever you're going through, no matter how it has gotten, hold on to it. Hold on to that promise. He came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He came that you might have healing and that... Do you receive it? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise.